Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. We are on episode 95, which is crazy. We're almost at 100 episodes, and I love it. I love that we've been going on this long and that you guys are here listening to me each and every week. I'm so grateful for you. Today, we're talking about the million-dollar question, how to get more vegetables into my toddler's diet. Every parent is asking it. I'm getting messages all the time about it. It is a very popular topic, and that's why I'm going to be covering it today. So let me just dive right into it. I've got a few tips here for you. I don't want to waste any time. Let's start with tip number one, and the one that is probably the most overlooked thing but makes the biggest difference, and that is to actually let vegetables show up, I would say, at least 50% of meals and snacks, if not even 80% or every single meal or snack. So hear me out on this. Most times, most families, they are really focused at serving vegetables and especially new vegetables at dinner time. It's definitely the meal where the most thought and planning goes into it. And so that's where you typically see, you know, there's new foods or more elaborate foods and then breakfast and snacks and lunch. Those are usually really familiar, quicker, easier foods to serve and don't often have vegetables. Maybe there's vegetables at one of them, but it's not like it's a common thing or it's as frequent as it is at dinner time. But what happens is at dinner time, there's a few different things actually. Well, one is that kids and toddlers, especially, they are more likely to front load their calories. So you will see that they have more of an appetite, they have more of a willingness to eat earlier in the day than towards the end of the day. So we're here presenting vegetables and generally more difficult foods at the end of the day at dinner time when they're typically more cranky or tired and just full from eating all day. So that in and of itself is kind of counteractive. But also we know that kids need 30 plus exposures to a food before even accepting it, and that's most kids, right? A lot of times they might eat even more, especially if they're very, very picky eaters. And especially in order to like it. So there's a difference between accepting a food, taking it in and swallowing it, and actually enjoying it. So the number one goal for us parents is really to increase the number of positive food exposures so that we can get this process going where kids are continually being exposed to foods, especially the vegetables, and you know, getting through those 20, 30, 40, whatever exposures in order for them to kind of get to the other side. So even if they refuse it, I want you to continue exposing it to them. So if you think about that again, okay, well, if they're only getting vegetables mostly at dinner time, then we're missing all these very critical opportunities to be adding to these exposure numbers. So you could be serving it at breakfast, 
Yes, I know a lot of people are like, what? What do you mean vegetables at breakfast? But it's really easy to incorporate, and I'll give you some ideas in just a second. Um, you can serve it at snack time. You can serve it at lunchtime. Like you're missing basically three or four other opportunities just in one day where it could be showing up. And the other benefit to that is that the more your child gets used to the idea that it's totally normal to see vegetables at every single meal or at 80% or 50% even of meals, then it's not going to be as weird when they're there. They're not going to be as shocked and surprised. Why is this here? What's this green thing? I don't want this, whatever. They're going to just get used to the fact that I'm actually expecting to see a vegetable on my plate. And that kind of reduced surprise there is going to help them overcome their fear or the novelty of having vegetables there. And of course, that's going to bring them closer and closer to eating it. So that is why I definitely say aim to serve veggies, not only at those bigger meals, especially not at dinner only, but focus in definitely at breakfast or lunch and at least one snack per day. So if you're doing a morning snack and an evening or afternoon snack, make sure one of those snacks has vegetables. It doesn't have to be complicated. It's not like you have to cook a whole veggie side. You can just throw some, you know, raw veggies or some cooked veggies alongside of a sandwich or alongside of a soup or alongside of oatmeal. And just going back to that comment I said about giving you some ideas for veggies even at breakfast time, you can totally serve, let's say, um, quarter tomatoes next to your child's oatmeal. It doesn't have to make total sense. The point is is just to have something there and for them to get used to it. Because really, at the end of the day, it's only weird if you're not used to it. So go ahead, throw in quarter tomatoes, throw in some um, maybe, I don't know, sliced radishes, like shredded carrots. It doesn't really matter. Actually, zucchini and carrots are really easy to, or I say, I would say more common to throw into oatmeal, for example, because you can actually cook it into the oatmeal during the cooking process and then it kind of softens and it is quote unquote disguised a little bit more. But the idea actually, and this is a great time to bring this up, is that you don't necessarily want to hide it. You can hide veggies in there if that gives you some peace of mind. But that is not giving your child the benefit of exposure. So you do need to tell them that it's in there and or you need to add something in its whole form on the side or on top or whatever it is so that they see it and that they are getting the benefit of that exposure. Um, if it's hidden, there's basically you know no benefit done for the child besides getting in some nutrition, which is good, but it's not getting them to actually like vegetables. So that's uh, my tip there. Some other veggies that you can serve at breakfast would be, let's say, some peppers or onions or, again, tomatoes or mushrooms in an omelet or with egg. That's definitely more common. Um, But again, even if you have yogurt or you have pancakes or you have a muffin or you have, you know, avocado or toast or whatever, add some veggies on the side. Don't worry about it making so much sense to you as long as it's there. Okay, so that is my first tip. Now my next tip is about not treating vegetables differently than other foods. If you think about how you serve vegetables versus how you serve maybe just like a pasta or something to your child, more often than not, you are not serving that pasta or those crackers or whatever and saying, oh wow, look at this, look at how amazing this is. Mmm, this looks so good. Like really playing up that food most likely because your child already doesn't need that much help eating it. Now, that's not every child, but more 
likely than not that is the case. Whereas vegetables, you really want to, you know, try and get their attention and try and show them how amazing this vegetable is. But this overselling of vegetables, it's what I like to call it anyway, is definitely not a strategy that yields any results, especially not in the long term. Because if you think about it, kids are obviously very, very smart. Toddlers are extremely intuitive, but they're also very, very defiant. So they want control and they want things to be their idea. If you tell them, you know, go left, they're going to go right. If you say up, they're going to say down. So if you say veggies are so amazing and you draw more attention to them over other food, they are immediately going to think, whether they verbalize it or not, they're going to think there is something up here. And then they're going to say, no, they're going to defy you. That plus they're probably also thinking this must be gross if mom has to actually sell me on this food this much, right? So this like theatrical, dramatic, oh my God, vegetables are so good, mm, 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 yummy, so good, take a bite. That is not only considered pressure, but it's also just literally like pushing your child to say no. <laughs> so what I want you to do is present it like any other food. In fact, anytime you serve any food, this rule really applies to anything. I want you just to serve it very factually. So take out any subjective attention from that food. You could, you know, serve the food and just say, okay, here's your lunch. Or if you want to give a little description or maybe they ask, what is this, whatever, you can just say, oh, this is, you know, some pasta and we have some garlic bread and there's some broccoli. Done. There is no more commenting around you know, how, again, amazing this food is or which food to try and all you know, that kind of thing. So that really is tip number two. Treat all foods equally. Treat it, treat them neutrally. Speak about them neutrally. And also don't use vegetables as a bribe to get to desserts. Again, we are so good at using that one food and setting it up against another food. And in fact, it makes vegetables look worse. So we will say, if you eat um, you know, two bites of broccoli, then you are going to get that cake at the end. And you really want that cake, so you better eat that broccoli is essentially what you're either saying or indicating through your actions and behavior. And what that's telling your child is that, oh God, those veggies must be disgusting and they are the part that I have to suffer through in order to get to the good stuff, which clearly is the dessert. Otherwise, I wouldn't be forced to do this you know, that kind of thing. So that is, again, another place where you really just want to play it neutrally. You want to set them all at a level playing field. And to add to this really, really quick, talking about nutrition to toddlers and preschoolers, honestly, is also not a great strategy. And we tend to do this with veggies, right? Over any other food. Oh, this these carrots make you see better. They're so good for you. This is going to help you run faster, blah, blah, blah. What that does is, again, drawing extra attention, but also kids that age do not care and they do not understand nutrition. No matter what you are thinking, they're not going to understand about the true differences that this is like good for my body and what it's providing me and what it can do. All they know is I either like it or I don't. I'm either hungry or I'm full. And if they do attribute kind of that good property to a food, they're also going to start to categorize other foods as bad if it's not a vegetable or if it's not a food that mom or dad deems healthy, then the other ones must be unhealthy. They must be bad. If I eat them, I might be bad. 
they might assign these new meanings to food, which we definitely don't want to happen. They're very black and white. And again, they don't know, you know, they either can't think that in depth about nutrition or even if they do somewhat understand that some things are good for you, they are likely to interpret it in the wrong way and honestly not helping. So the best thing you can do is actually move into my tip number three, which is to engage and incite interest in vegetables through food play and food exploration. So what happens is kids are not approaching certain foods, and this isn't just vegetables, it's really all foods or any foods that they're struggling with. They're not approaching them because they're uncomfortable with it in some way, shape, or form and to different degrees, right? Sometimes it's purely because of habit, they are used to asking for something specific, so that's why they don't eat what's in front of them. But if you are implementing the division of responsibility properly and kind of consistently, then you can move into other strategies like food play and food exploration because now, now that you have your roles straightened out and they have their roles straightened out and there's no more crossing of boundaries and it's stress-free meals and everyone's going to coming to the table comfortable and with their guards down, now you can start to entice them and encourage them to start interacting with the food without there being a lot of pushback. So if you're like, what the heck is a division of responsibility? What are my roles and their roles? And what are you even talking about here? This is the foundational work that I teach inside of my Feeding Toddlers course. It is the first few modules that I make sure every single parent goes through and make sure that is, you know, they implement the division of responsibility and this framework very consistently because again, all the other tips and strategies that I talk about in the course will not work long-term if you don't have this down first. So if you are interested in the course, if you really want solutions for how to raise a healthy eater, prevent picky eating, and manage picky eating, then check out the link in my uh, show notes, in the show notes today, and uh, you can find out more about that. Anyway, I digress there for a little bit, but let's go back to uh, why food play and food exploration is required. Again, it's because your child is not familiar or not comfortable with those specific foods. So for example, they may not want to put a piece of broccoli in their mouth because the texture is so weird to them or that bitter flavor really comes through. And they're they're not going to just move to that final step of eating something, which really there's 28 steps to eating. And that starts from, you know, just seeing a food and being able to tolerate it and then maybe smelling the food and then picking it up with their fingers. And then um, maybe it's like bringing it close to their mouth. I'm skipping a bunch of steps, by the way, but it's like bringing it close to their mouth and licking it. And then it's like putting it in their mouth, um, but then spitting it back out. And then it's you know, putting it in their mouth, taking a couple of chews and then spitting it out and then it's swallowing it. So there's all these little mini steps, 28 of them that are required before a child can accept and then again, like a new food. So if we're putting a child who's anxious around vegetables in that position where we're just expecting them to dive to step 28, that's really hard. So what we want them to do is explore the food on their own terms and in really fun ways. So um, I like to do it again, not subjectively. So it's not like, oh, this is so good. You're going to love it. Rather, it's let's look at what this looks like. Oh my goodness. This is a funny little texture, isn't it? It's kind of got like, it feels like a paintbrush when I rub it on the palm of my hand. Do you feel that? And so that's getting them comfortable with just touching the food and just feeling that feeling. And they can start to predict what's that going to feel like in my mouth, on my tongue, you know, against the inside of 
my cheek, when I bite into it. When they start feeling and touching, smelling, licking, again, um, smushing, whatever it is, when they start doing that in ways that are comfortable, they can, they're really just priming themselves for eating it. And again, these are all positive exposures that we want our child to have. Now, with toddlers, And preschoolers, sometimes just telling them something like, oh, can you tell me what color this is? They either may not know because they're very young or they may not want to participate. So we try and make it super fun. And that's where games can come in. And again, more of that food play can come in. So we may, in order to get them to start interacting with it, we may say, hey, I wonder what would happen if I dip this into the hummus and I use this like a paintbrush. Look at these little shapes that I can make. Look at this little picture I'm drawing on my plate. And just do it in front of them and then they'll watch you. Maybe they'll join in on their own. Maybe you can ask, can you do the same thing? And get them interacting with it. Again, these are all positive, really fun experiences with the said food, for example, broccoli. Or maybe you say, oh my goodness, these kind of look like little trees, don't you think? And then just wait and then see, do they pick it up? Do they look at it? They might just say, yeah, they might want to grab it and see themselves. You might say, hey, which one is the biggest tree? And then they're now sorting through the broccoli in their florets and they're looking to see which one's the bigger bigger tree. You know, if they're if you can get them there or they're more comfortable, maybe they've done this already a few times, you could say, how would a dinosaur eat this branch off of the broccoli? Would he take a big crunch like this or would he do a tiny little nibble? And then you can imitate it or you can just get them again talking about it. And just if you let this happen, naturally, they're going to be forgetting about, oh my God, I'm supposed to be defiant and I'm supposed to say no. And mom's trying to get me to eat this. No, now they're engaged in a game and now they're playing. And so that's the idea behind food play. And this is one of the best strategies that you can get your child to not only like veggies, but really to start exploring and eating other foods as well. All right, I'm going to leave you with two tiny bonus tips. They're not really tiny, but I'm going to try and squeeze them in really quick because I want to give you as many tips as possible. I know this is a huge pain point. So number one is make them taste good. Please try and make them taste good. So honestly, especially kids, but I mean even adults, who wants to eat bland, boiled, or just blanched broccoli or green beans or whatever it is, right? Just like we try and flavor up other foods, like it's okay if you have, especially a toddler or preschooler, you can add a little salt. You can put some butter, even for babies, load on some butter that's going to give some flavor, some healthy fat, maybe some ghee. You could sprinkle cheese, melt some cheese on top, or um, you could maybe dip it in like a tzatziki, or you could have pesto with it. Um, There's so many ways that you can jazz up the flavor. So that is my first little bonus mini tip is, yeah, just try and make it a little more appealing taste-wise. And then number two is to try like inconspicuously putting a platter of veggies and dip on either the dinner table or maybe the island or even the coffee table if they're just playing like in a playroom or living room. Put it out before dinner. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to have like all this crazy variety. It doesn't have to be on a fancy platter, but just have it out there and don't make a huge fuss out of it. Kind of just put it out there. Don't say a word. Choose a time when they're going to be a little bit hungry. So I always like about 30 to 60 minutes before dinner when they're kind of wanting to eat. They're kind of wanting to munch on things, but dinner isn't ready yet. And like I said, put it out, don't say anything. You know, don't be like, ooh, look what I have for you. Or ooh, look how good these veggies look. Again, back to tip number one. But when you put it out, they may not notice it right away or they may not even want to eat it right away. But before 
you know it, they are going to start taking some veggies off of that tray, I kid you not, and eating it. Most times kids, even those who hate veggies, will slowly start to creep up on it. They're gonna look at it, they're gonna pick one up, they're gonna take a bite, they're gonna resume playing or doing whatever they were doing before, and then they're gonna come back to it. And the next thing you know is they've eaten more veggies than they've ever eaten before. And I don't know fully why this is. I think it's because it is, again, catching them at an opportune time when they do want a snack on something. Um, They may ask for something else, but you're not going to give them something else. You're going to say, well, if you're hungry, you can have some of these, right? And also, I think it's because, again, you're not really making a fuss out of it. You're just, they're just there. And so kids are going to interact with what's in their environment. So anyway, I have done this so many times with my kids, like I, I totally milk this tip all the time and it works so well but also so many of my clients have done it and the great thing also is that you don't have to worry so much about them not eating vegetables at dinner time because they've already filled up on a lot of veggies before dinner obviously make sure you are minding choking hazards when you're putting out your veggie tray depending on your toddler's age um, or preschoolers age and chewing abilities Uh, you may want to just be selective with what types of veggies you put out but That is my last tip. I hope that all of this helped you so, so much. I want you to work on it. I want you to be patient. Know that there is no quick fix, but there are solutions to picky eating and you can help your child grow into a healthy little human being and that loves all types of foods. And you can get the help you need inside of my Feeding Toddlers course. Once again, you can find the link for that in the show notes. I am so excited to have you join. If you are ready to make some changes, I know you are not going to regret it. So um, let me know if you have any questions about that. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you next week. Bye.